One. Welcome back, everybody, to Owl Nest after one week of chaos. Uh, I think, especially Thursday's matches, can only be described as chaos and pred booming. I believe that Thursday consists. I think the right word, the word you're looking for, is exciting. Thursday was exciting. The entire weekend was exciting. Even matches that shouldn't, even that matches that weren't upsets were still close for the most part. But it was not, it was not a good weekend for anybody's predictions. I don't think anybody was safe. <laughs> Nobody. But when none of us is safe, all of us is safe. That is one way, I guess that is, that is one way to look at it. That, hey, that... I've just got to say, this week worked out fine for me. I was happy with I that. Mean, I outpreded you. Yeah, by <laughs> one. I mean, it, does, it didn't look too great, though. I mean, this was the lowest pred percentage, correct, correct pred percentage in terms of, like, mass preds that either of us has had. Like, I'm pretty sure you had, like, a one in three week, but that was, like, with four preds. But with, like, 13 preds, and we both only get, like, seven and eight correct out of... Yeah, it was, uh... Because you, I went seven and six, and you went eight and five. Like, that was... We, there were so many upsets. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember after the... It was the Boston-Atlanta game. I texted you, and I was like... Four in a row. <laughs> yeah, four in a row. You, you, Where was... the, the higher ranked team lost to the lower ranked team. You you started the weekend oh and four, I think. Yeah, it it was not good. It was it your was... your first your first your first correct pred, I believe, was, was shock, shock justice. justice. Yeah. And even that one almost wasn't. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, it was I I think uh, people are freaking out about this week. Yeah, I, like, I, I look at everyone's YouTubes and stuff like that. Like this is YouTube content week where everyone's like farming the uh, the upsets. Yeah, which they've got a point. It was kind of a crazy week. It was. But a very I don't think crazy it was week. completely unexpected. Is the big thing. No, there were some that were more unexpected than others. Like Florida beating Spitfire. It's like that was kind of expected. You know, that was a coin toss. But like Boston beating Atlanta. That, one, that came out of nowhere. Glad's going 0-2. It's like you. there maybe was a universe in which that happened, but it was like, what? <sighs> it was weird. But we've got a whole lot to talk about, so enough yeah, dilly-dallying. Yeah. So the first, and probably, this is probably the most news that we've had in a single week, uh, mainly being because the Overwatch League trade deadline is this Thursday, the 18th, which essentially just says that after the 18th, any players, that is the deadline from which... Overwatch League teams can trade players between each other, and any player that is dropped after that, I don't believe can be picked up for the remaining yeah, of this season. So. I, I could be wrong, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but I know that players can't be traded between teams, and then I know that the contenders roster lock deadline is also this week. So teams are scrambling to finish um, finish up their rosters. Uh, first one we're going to start with is New York. This happened last week after we recorded before matches start. So first off, they released Myungbung. Unfortunately, the social media team was told to do something before Myungbung was told. So Myungbung found out he was released via tweet. <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, they deleted the tweet and apologized with another tweet, but then during their Houston match posted a victory post that had Myungbung on it and then deleted <laughs> It was it wasn't great. At least Adam was told via Discord he was released before it was like made public. Myungbung yeah. wasn't even told. 
people blame New York. some people blame the social media team. No, it wasn't the social media team. Well, it I, was the I higher ups that yeah, told I don't them think to tweet this, it. I don't think the social media team should be told before the player. Nope. It was yeah it's just asking for something like this to happen yeah they they the social media team were not the ones that messed up it was definitely upper management but young bung was released i i i mean it was double main support meta not a whole lot to be said but then they signed a main support i didn't know new york were capable of doing such a thing but they signed a main support they signed on soon jay who was on the defiant last year if i recall correctly and apparently right. a main support was all they were missing to be a good a main support and firing their head coach look at that and suddenly new york are actually what they were supposed that we got the new york we were promised this week now granted they I, did that during um, the mid-season madness so who knows but on Jay performed great and them being able to have a main support now means that uh they don't have well to- it opens up a lot of opportunities well, to they, have to, they don't have to put Gangnam Jin on Lucio anymore yeah. which is good so those were New York's changes but those happened last week before matches started uh, another team that had some changes was uh, my team who signed Doge and Lep from Contenders Lep being mm-hmm. a main tank Doge being a main support Lep did play the, they both played this week Doge played in the first match but he was on ping and then he didn't play the other one Lep played this week and for, performed great on the main support yeah. which and was I think nice. Doge on the main tank or on the Junker Queen looked really solid despite before. being on like 200 ping from Europe yeah, yeah exactly and so it's like I, I think good pickups for the outlaws it kind of fills the holes that they had because you know this was kind of the main conversation when it came to the outlaws coming into this week was they're good but they have holes they're good but but are they going to be able to play the meta and this kind of opens up pretty much every meta to them for the most part for the most part they've got a lot for of the most a part. lot of things covered and it does i think these two pickups are definitely more long term there's no way they just picked up these two for the remainder of the season i think that this is probably going to be moving into next season as well and it also signifies that they want to go back more to a, a, re- a western roster as opposed to just having dante but it's yeah. not all sunshine and rainbows because they did also announce the release of piggy which i mean from certain standpoints is understandable other standpoints it's like unfortunate because i mean piggy essentially got benched by dante <laughs> yeah. which doesn't feel great but piggy wasn't performing the, the best this season he was performing better towards the latter half of the midseason madness but in the outlaws it seems like money may not be a big thing that they have a lot of and so piggy just basically being almost always on the bench and Dante basically playing the heroes that Piggy... I mean, unless the Owl is going... To, unless we go into a Sigma meta, like an off tank, a hard off-tank meta where, like, Doomfist is unplayable, uh, I think it's uh, the Outlaws made an okay decision. Granted, like, Pelican wasn't very happy about it, and he did tweet about something like, just hang on, I'll come join you soon. So, uh, I mean, and Pelican joined the Outlaws because Piggy was on there. So, honestly, I would wouldn't be surprised if pelican left the outlaws at the end of the season unfortunately yeah that being said it's like it it makes sense because if you look at when piggy played was he like outstanding not really this year not really and the thing is is whereas you have tank players that can play you know every tank character out there and that's kind of what the the world's shifting to is is tank players that can cover all those holes 
and, and within the same map change from you know an off tank to a main tank if needed and i think you know when you threw piggy in you knew exactly what piggy was playing and it wasn't always the you know the best in the world and and that that's not anything bad against piggy it's just the the game is different this year than it was last year and it it playing tank is different and i think piggy is one of the victims of that yeah and unfortunately i don't really know what kind of team would need piggy what piggy has to offer is just a solo off tank yeah i, I would love to see him on up. another team but i i don't know who would pick him up and that it's just unfortunate Maybe teams pick him up because they want Pelican, and it's like used as a bargaining chip to get Pelican. I don't know. But the Outlaws now are kind of without an off-tank player, but honestly, with how this season is going, it doesn't look like that's going to be a problem. I mean, they operated without a main tank player, and they're fourth in the NA standings. So, clearly doing something right. On to the next yeah. team. Um, team 1 to start the blow-up process. Uh, Paris Eternal released everybody but their DPS line. <laughs> Don, Vistola, Dredro, and Khan all were released yeah i mean they they were one and 12 <laughs> yeah i i don't think this comes as any like one and 12 one and it, i mean they've won it, win it, it sucks to see this in the middle of the season just you know at, in a human standpoint but from like a gameplay standpoint you know they were obviously un underperforming um I think the biggest thing for me is why did they wait till now and they didn't do it during the little three-week, four-week break yeah. they had. I don't understand why they waited so long because there's rumors that they're going to... Oh, wait, well, they already picked up people. Why am I saying rumors? Anyways, like the team wasn't doing very well, so them getting dropped, it's like, yeah, as you said, it sucks from a people poor perspective, but from an organizational perspective, yeah, they just weren't performing. So they then signed from contenders. They signed... Malthal, they also signed Krawi, and then they signed Rack Attack, and they signed Lucamino. So they signed two new supports, uh, an off-tank player, and another DPS. And honestly... The... Oh, yeah, yeah. You go I mean, these players have been playing the Junker Queen meta in Contenders, so... Well, and one of the interesting things about this is Paris is going to be in NA next year, right? And they now have a like complete American and roster. And now they have a complete American roster. They got rid of all of their European players. So I, I think the biggest, like, I guess the biggest hit of this whole thing is there goes EU Overwatch. Really? Uh, but, Outside you of know, the Spitfire, Spitfire still exists. <laughs> still holding on, but like, but like that's that's, you know, pretty much... That's a solid chunk of the European players yeah. in the league. All dropped and probably not going to be picked up by anyone else. No, I, I don't imagine so. And I mean, they now have a complete American roster for when they move to Vegas next year. And honestly, because these players have been playing the Junker Queen meta, I'd say that this new roster they're going to field starting this week is probably better than what they had. Yeah, I'm I, gonna, I, I think mean, right off like, the bat, yeah. Having having them already have played the Junker Queen meta and they're coming and most of these players, in fact, I think all of them are coming from like the top three finishers in contenders yeah. on the A side of things. So it's like they they were good in contenders as well. So I, this is definitely an upgrade now, and I think they're definitely going to be able to get some wins in the latter half of the season against the lower teams. I mean, because the current raw the, the the most recent roster they had, yeah, that was not an inspiring performance that they put on this week. So. 
I'm excited yeah, to see this new Paris so. roster. Full Americans. I'm pretty sure this is the only team that is all American, but they're called the Paris Eternal. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, this. W- they were the only team that played this week that didn't take a single map. Yeah, I believe you are correct. And one of those games was against the literally Titans. against the oh. Titans, <laughs> the winless Titans. So hopefully Paris does well. And the final well, piece of news is uh, the beginning of the end for the Washington Justice. So the Justice trade Mag to the Boston Uprising, which is weird because Boston already have a main tank. So uh, I wonder if that means something's going to happen to Itzel within the next couple days. I don't know. Now, does this make a difference? No. Is Mag going to be starting? No, because Punk is, a f- is fine. Punk looked yeah. good on the Junker Queen. So I Mag, I guess they they think Mag is just an upgrade over Itzal. So if we go back to a main tank meta, then Mag would play the main tank. But if nothing happens to Itzal, then this is just a weird. This is weird. And on top of that, they took all of Mag's salary, which couldn't have been like that cheap because I mean he was hyped up last year coming into the league. So kudos boston i guess you picked up mag i don't know if he'll get any playtime this stage but it does justice as we said about last week justice are looking to offload their entire roster and they did say and justice released their assistant coach tidola and gm their gm pre deactivated his twitter um yeah, I don't know what Justice roster we're going to see next week. There are rumors that they're looking to pick up most of Team Peps from EU Contenders, which has players like FD God, Ben Best. But that roster finished like fifth in EU Contenders. So, I mean, if they get picked up, best of luck to you. <laughs> but Justice, are, it's, it's, not, it's not looking good. Yeah, it's interesting. And I don't even know how many of those players find a new home. I, Happy might find a new home. Decay might. I don't see Assassin finding the a new home. The biggest problem is I don't know that any teams have holes that, like, even though Happy's probably better than what a lot of teams have, it's like, do they have the budget to pick him up? Well, and, and it depends on what his contract I don't know how big Happy's contract is. That's the thing. Uh, and I don't really see their backline. Vigilante might get picked up because he was touted as a really good flex support. And Kalios yeah. has looked okay, but overall, I don't know if any of these justice players get picked up, I, I would be surprised if none of them do, especially with like decay and happy. I, if happy doesn't find a team specifically, I'll be a little confused because yeah. he is definitely one of the more consistent players on this roster and has had every year he's been in the league. He, he's performed. So such is life beginning of the end for some of these teams, which yeah. a lot of people will be like, like doomium and they're like, Oh, is the league is folding. It's like, no i mean yeah the justice want to save on money but literally no other team is like dropping their roster out of money paris has a had a has a had a terrible team so they're trying to overhaul and get a new team that's really it like that's there's nothing there's no other there's no other signs of anything else happening in the league that could point to oh everyone's pulling out like not really i think it kind of needs to chill i mean i i think things are you know there isn't as much money in the league as there was, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't yeah. think. And, and that's the reality of it. And I don't think it's the end of the world. And I think no matter what, like, we're going to, we still have the rest of this season and all of next season. And, you know, if for some reason things don't continue 
you know, much longer after that, then we'll deal with it when it comes. But but I wouldn't get too doom and gloom Let's, because like yeah. I feel like since the start of esports, everyone's always thought like, oh, next year this isn't even gonna exist. Or, you know, everyone has said since the year after a game came out, like, oh, that game's dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's just how these things go. And and so I don't think it's worth freaking out about. Nope. at this point all good we're all still here teams are going crazy no more mayan doomsday prophecies uh but enough about news let's actually talk about all the stuff that happened let's start by just briefly giving some thoughts some thoughts on the blade runner comp or the royal rush and i refuse to call it what everyone else is calling it because honestly blade runner sounds sick <laughs> i know last so, week i said royal rush but blade runner sounds sick <laughs> here's my first thing so last week we had a couple like prediction type things going into this week. Mm-hmm. One of them was, you know, who would win what games. And we agreed on most of them. We disagreed on three of them. I was right on two, two out of, of them. Three. Yeah. The other thing. And so I said this in the context of London but we had a conversation about another a variation of the comp that swaps out Genji for May, and you were like, "No, it's not going to happen." I said it was saw... going to work, and it only works some of the time on very specific but it points. Did on work specific points, some of the times, and it can work, and in your face. I mean, it, <laughs> anything can work on specific. The, I think it was mainly played. The main times that we saw it was. It was pulled out on it was a few, like, on uh, the Rio map once or twice, yeah. and then on Nepal Village as well. When on, on that point, and other than that, I don't think it was played a whole lot because not it, much. It would occasionally like, come out. Usually, didn't look great. Yeah, um, because the issue with the May pick is like, and we saw when London, even when London tried to play their Rhine Rush, it's like the way that this the the junker queen comp works is like the may wall is used to separate somebody off and typically like the junker queen would be who you wall off but because of the commanding shout you just can't you're, you're not going to kill her by the time that wall goes down she's just commanding shout and just just lives and so like the may comp you lose so much damage from the gen from like the genji that unless you're walling off like a brig or something you you it's not really worth the trade but on the the maps where there's a choke that specifically works with May. Yeah. That's where we saw it used. Well, and I think one of the bigger issues with May is if you look at in terms of like the way the ult economy of this comp works, mm-hmm. um one of the biggest goals of the Genji is his ult forces out support ults. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you don't have that, like a lot of times it's pretty common for blades to not get kills with this meta. Just because, you know, you have so many cooldowns that extend life. Yeah. Um, you'll also see 700 health Genjis <laughs> occasionally, and that is the most... Reminds me of when we had so 350 painful. health Jonak in Season 1 with armor stacking. Oh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, like, a lot of times you, you see these Genji ults, and it looks like they fall flat, but they do do a good job of getting... Um, getting cooldowns out of the enemy team and and so that's that's one of the biggest things i feel like you miss out when you have the may because you just run you just run away from it it doesn't force out anything and so her ult her ult can get positioning but doesn't get cooldowns out and it allows for the enemy team to engage harder than 
than you can. Yeah, and um, I'll, I'll, what's difficult about this meta, and Reinforce was talking about this a little bit, is like it's so difficult to like tell why somebody won a team fight because it's like you, it's hard to track the commanding shouts because the only the only like visual cue is the health bars because yeah. you have to be looking at both health bars and then you have to be thinking of the cooldown. So when a fight initiates, like, do they have commanding shout? If yes, do they, do they run? Do they, it's, it was kind of difficult to tell why some teams are winning some fights on yeah. occasion. It did seem like a lot of the time the Briggs were the first ones to go down. And I think we mentioned that that probably was going to be the case because she just doesn't, mm -hmm. She's just kind of a sitting duck if she's out of position. But yeah. what was nice, though, compared to watching contenders play this, is that because the DPS in the league are crazy, we got to see a lot of DPS play, which makes this meta more fun to watch than GOATS, because in GOATS yeah. there were just no DPS. And unlike in contenders, where it largely just seemed like two teams running into each other, and it was just like... Someone's going to die eventually to something random. And here, we were seeing, like, Genjis get, like, multi-kills with Blades. Sojourns and Ashes were getting Bob and uh, Railgun kills. So I'm, I'm happy that the DPS have been able to get value out of it. Now, would I want to see this for more than a stage? Please, no. <laughs> and well, it, I like, do not want to see this for another stage. Yeah, me neither. Although, like... I will say one of the things that I like about it over goats is the fact that like goats was about forcing, like just surviving longer than the enemy team, like out surviving the enemy team. This meta is more about enabling your DPS to survive long enough to pop off against the enemy. Team. Yeah. Because so it's, it's like the junker Queens. There were so many times in these matches where it was like the junker queen to get down to like double digit health. I'm like, Oh, junker queen's dead. And then it's like, Nope, just kidding. She's not. Yeah, <laughs> GG go next next team fight. Yeah, it was a uh, it was kind of crazy. Uh, we did have that cursed um, two and a half minute before the first <laughs> fight on uh, oh which map was that? Oh, that was on, it was uh, Coliseo Shock Coliseo, Justice. It was called. literally yeah. all it was. All it was was ha it was Happy and Kilo just charging up Railgun and trying to get pot shots, and that was how the stale the dead like the deadlock ended was kilo getting a pick or maybe it was how it was one of them one of them got a pick on the other but yeah two and a half minutes of nothing they were just standing there and the bot had no idea what to do so this meta has its ups and downs it's fun currently but after four weeks of this i'm pretty sure we're all going to be tired of it and yeah that means the developers really need to create an overwatch league specific patch to be put in at the end of this stage because if we see this again for countdown cup i'm gonna I might lose it. We're gonna lose it. We're but let's 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 actually let's talk about well let's talk about the actual matches now, shall we? Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's let's start with two teams that we didn't think were gonna be in this position after this week. Um Glads and Rain start 0-2. Now granted, there's different reactions to both teams. I think Gladiators starting 0-2 isn't the end of the world because I mean they did lose to like the third and fourth ranked teams in NA. And yeah. it was in map five, and they tried to reverse sweep both of them. Both Texas teams said, no, thank you. We don't want to be reverse swept by you, Gladiators. I mean, I'm, I don't think Gladiators should be worried. I do think it is interesting that we saw Shu come out on DPS on two maps. I think that needs to stop immediately. They, yeah. Patapon did say that he has a wrist injury or something on his stream, I think. And I think he tweeted about it as well, so that maybe that has something to do with it. 
but I, I I don't know why they bring him for one map and then replace him with Ons, like whatever. And Reiner didn't look super comfortable on Junker Queen. I definitely think he was one of... He didn't look as good as he did on other tanks. But I think the biggest thing for me is the backline. Like, coming into this, we were like, no, Funny Astro Skewed, are you kidding me? Like, these two are like the best in NA at the very least on these heroes. And yeah. they didn't look... Uh, they looked uncharacteristically okay. Yeah, that being said, though, when it comes to the Gladiators, it's like they have the talent there. They just underperformed this week. And I, I think, yeah. you know, it's a new meta. It's a different kind of play style. And, you know, I, I don't think some of the Glad players are as happy about it. Like, I know, wasn't it Reiner? Reiner tweeted, tweeted out. out and then deleted yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, for those that didn't see it before it was deleted, he, uh, tweeted out i think we have it sam sam tweeted the same thing he was like leave it to uh, the developers to make like yeah. the silly comp where teams are able to take maps off of shocking glads that shouldn't otherwise be able to touch them it yeah was... so i i think when it comes down to it it's just like i don't think the glads love the meta mm -hmm. and they aren't enjoying it and when players aren't enjoying it they don't play as well as they could and i think teams like Dallas and Houston are able to take advantage of situations yeah. like that. So I think, are the Glads still the best team in the world? Yeah. If this was tournament, would they have won those? Yeah, I think so. Probably. I, I think that they... Oh, that... I just watched that funny Astro Ajax. That was... Anyways, <laughs> I, I don't... See, I don't know if they're the best team in the world in this meta. Like, generally, yes. But I think they will be. I I don't know. Shock looked really good this week, and I I think that the gladiators are having some growing pains. But granted, they did this in the kickoff clash as well, where they, they got reverse swept by Shock and Dallas early on. So I think that they need some time to get better at it. So currently, right now, I would say that they would still lose to to Shock and to. And, like, I don't know, you know, if Dallas and Glads played 10 times, it probably would be six times Glads, four times Fuel. But I don't think that Glads aren't the clear number one. But I wouldn't be worried about them. I think they're fine. And losing, losing in map five to two, you know, two top five teams in NA, I don't think there's anything to worry about for Glads. Now, yeah. on the other hand, uh, Atlanta. Ah, now this team. This is worrying. When you lose that convincingly to Boston Uprising and then lose to the, the Toronto Defiance, who almost lost to the Vancouver Titans, I think this I might be a little worried about. Now, granted, Atlanta have been this season like yeah. pretty average in the regular season and then just kind of pop off in playoffs. And I do think they were having the, the kind of problems we thought they would have. Like Ultraviolet not being on Ana you you can tell like he doesn't look super comfortable on brig hawk doesn't look super comfortable on junker queen and nero himself has said that he doesn't feel super confident on the genji right now so i think yeah. atlanta's having just problems that we, we we that we thought they might have coming into this kind of meta and it showed yeah i think one of the arguments you could have is boston looked a lot better against atlanta than they have previously 
That being said, Boston really didn't look no, great against London. They didn't. And London looked really bad against Florida. Who looked really bad against Shock. <laughs> who looked really bad against Shock. And and so it's like, what's going on here? And then Toronto Defiant, you could say that yeah, it's the they're same looking thing. okay, but they, they went to map five against Vancouver. But Vancouver's looking a lot better. They they 3-0'd Paris. Who got 3-0'd by Justice, who took Shock to five. So Yeah. So <laughs> what's happening? No one knows what's going on. It's and a I circle think, of suck. Yeah. And and so it's like, when it comes to the Atlanta rain, one bad week in a split, you know, like, I'll give it to you. It's whatever. If if next week they come out and look as bad as they did this week, then I'd be worried. Yeah, luckily then for I, them, they, they do sense. play the Paris Eternal this week. Now, granted... It's going to be a Paris Eternal that even though it's like a newly built Paris Eternal, it's but a Paris Eternal that have been playing this meta. This meta. Yeah. So if Atlanta plays, if Atlanta doesn't steamroll Paris this week, I will be worried because then next week, they, the week after, they play Outlaws and Spitfire. Even yeah. though Speedily does come of age, like the bright side for Rain is Speedily comes, to, comes of age on the 26th before the second half of this stage for them. But... This, is speedily coming of age going to fix all of their problems? Like, will he be an upgrade over Nero? Probably, but I mean, he probably hasn't been. But he hasn't Nero been... doesn't seem to be the problem. No, and it's right like now. speedily probably. It definitely hasn't been screwing with the team. Who knows where his Overwatch two access has been? So I, it's like Atlanta needs this week. I think having a match against Paris this week will give them a breather and will allow us to see kind of how they're feeling. Because if they are able to 3-1 Paris or 3-0 Paris, it'll be like, okay, they're looking better. But if it goes to map five against Paris, then I will be concerned about this rain team in this meta. Yeah. So It'll be uh, interesting to see. So that's that. Now, a team that we did just mention, the Vancouver Titans looking, oh, yeah. looking a lot better. Kudos to the Titans. Yeah, granted, they did just dumpster roll over the 113 Paris Eternal. But, I mean, they went to map five against Toronto Defiant. And yeah. that's nothing to slouch at. Yeah, especially considering Toronto Defiant, you know, beat Atlanta Rain better than they beat Vancouver. Better than like, they beat Vancouver, exactly. So it's like Vancouver better than Atlanta this week? Oh, I'm no. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, King, but, uh, King looked really but, good this week on the yeah. Genji. Aspire is still cracked out of his mind on the Sojourner. <laughs> and Mira looks like he's, he's comfortable on the Junker Queen and then Masa Aztec. I, this team looks way better and we were seeing it towards the tail end of the midseason madness they were looking improved and i think they all i mean they do play some difficult opponents still because they do play outlaws and spitfire uh and i don't see them winning either of those games unfortunately but i think that this is a this is definitely a step in the right direction like three owing the next closest the team that's supposed to be on the same level as you definitely looks good when you're yeah, able to three, and, but if this Titans team played the new Paris Eternal, I don't think it would be a three zero. But taking Toronto to five, I think, is what says more about the Titans than their their Eternal game because Eternal yeah, just and, didn't and perform. I think this should be a pretty good tournament for them in terms of of compared to you know the rest of the season. I mean, it already is. They have more wins. They already have more wins. Yeah, the, you know this week than they have the rest of the season, um, and so I think. You know, going forward, is this, you know, a whole new step for Vancouver? Are they now in contention? No. 
but like it's a step it's in the a, right direction. Yeah, and and it's like they finally got their first win. It's kind of been coming for the, for the last few weeks or so, last month or so they've started looking a little better and it's like mm-hmm. we knew at some point they'd get their win and about time. They stomped their first win. Oh yeah. In convincing oh, yeah. fashion. Now I don't remember who they play this week. I do not believe it I is can pull it up. Pull up that schedule real quick. I do not believe that it's a super winnable game, but I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh because uh, it's New York. Oh, okay. Well, um hmm. That's an interesting one. I think no, New York I, could lose it, but I don't think they I will. don't think they will. I don't think Yaki will let them lose that one. Yeah. Uh, and like we don't have New York on the docket, but New York, mainly because New York did this before when they took Outlaws and Fuel to five in the midseason madness, and then came back around and continued to be terrible. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, you know, it's New York or New York. I think we need to give New York another week to see are they for real. And I think yeah. if they can convincingly beat the Titans, I think that'll say that they're at least they're at least a, a middle tier team, at the very least. Now, let's take some time and talk about our favorites. We have to talk about Outlaws and Spitfire. Both went one and one this week. I would say they both had interesting losses. Uh, Outlaws getting reverse swept. Spitfire getting kind of ganked by the man. (laughs) Uh, But then they turned it around against the Uprising. So... I it was interesting because I mean we had really talked about with the Spitfire what we said when in the Mayhem match we're like if they have to come out and Backbone has to be on Genji it's over yeah and that was the case and in it the was. Mayhem, that was yeah. the case in the Mayhem match but then they went up against Uprising and it was the complete opposite and now granted when you're having when you're playing against Valentine who I would put on a similar level to Backbone on the Flex DPS mm-hmm. then you have a little bit of a fair matchup <laughs> yeah and I think you know the thing London's gonna going to really struggle with this meta is if backbone has a really bad matchup like if the enemy team has a really good genji player yeah i, I, I think backbone's not going to be able to keep up and and i think boston didn't have that no and so it wasn't an issue uh i think florida checkmate did kind of have that with checkmate and uh and that's why they lost and so i i think london going forward this is going to be a hard this is gonna be a this is gonna be and, this and, is gonna be a test. This is gonna yeah. really be a test for London. And if, so if they're it'll a be, real team. Yeah, and it's like that being said, they destroyed the Boston that beat Atlanta. So London like, better than obviously Atlanta Boston, And obviously Boston's not a terrible team. So no. going three and zero against Boston, that shows you know London can play this meta, but. I, I think they can they also have to have the, they have to they have to have the right the right kind of matchup. They'll have yeah. difficulty punching up, but if they if they punch down, they could pretty easily punch down. And I think what London and we saw it in the week was them realizing that this rush comp is not like the other rush comp because we saw them yeah. try and play the Reinhardt against Mayhem and it did not work it was at not all. Good. And I think they just needed a second to realize that that they cannot play these two rushes are not the same. Like they operate similarly, but the Rhine Rush was literally just separate a target and run them down. This comp is about cooldown management and rushing as a team and hoping your DPS can get picks. Well, and also if if you are running Rhine into Junker Queen, you're just setting yourself up to fail. The Junker Queen ult is like 
Ryan the gets rolled. Ryan counter. Ryan and his entire team, because think about it, like you're running Ryan comp, you're all you're grouped all up. up, grouped up, and you work as a unit. And Junker Queen's ult. If you're grouped up, you die. <laughs> you like your dead. entire team is just gone. Because you you're not running Lucio Brig with a Reinhardt, you're relying on the Ana. Yeah. But when you're all antied, Ana can't do jack. <laughs> but I will say London did play uh Bastion on Dorado and I, I respect that. Yeah. I respect I respect the backbone Bastion. <laughs> now I think I, we saw Bastion a couple times briefly. I think the uh was it Mayhem? Someone brought it out on, I think Mayhem uh, brought it out on Junkertown. Junker. Yeah. Mayhem, I think Mayhem brought it up against And Shock. it was like it was like throwback one fight it was like two seconds the good old junker do you remember the junker town pirate ship yeah i don't no thanks <laughs> get me out of here good times good so times. spitfire performing well and then the houston outlaws doing outlaws the, the, the most outlaws thing ever getting reverse swept by new york and then beating the gladiators welcome to the houston outlaws ladies and gentlemen that being said i don't think that the loss to new york is that egregious because reverse sweeps are a different kind of beast uh, I yeah. think you and I were talking about it. It's like we've all had those matches on like 2CP where we finish with like a six-minute time make. The enemy team's finished with 30 seconds, and then we proceed to lose the match. Like once Dorado happened, once New York was able to get that overtime push, it was over. I think from that yeah. point, momentum shift enti shifted entirely, and the outlaws just didn't look the same. And it was said in the post-match interview, New York, I don't remember who was being interviewed, uh, but they they said like New York was was saying like they picked up the tempo and re recognized they were just getting run over. Outlaws were setting the pace, and so New York decided to turn that and started setting the pace. And then Outlaws just couldn't couldn't keep up with the tempo. But like a reverse sweep, it it gets in your head, and yeah. you you start th messing about. And I think New York looks good when Yaki's able to just permanent play permanently play Genji, and they have an actual main support on Lucio. And Kellen looks really good on the Junker Queen. I don't think that the loss to New York is terrible. Uh, and to be fair, Doge looked really good despite playing yeah. from Europe. Well, and if you look at the Dorado map, before it went terribly wrong, it had some amazing stuff by the Outlaws. Like that five-minute time bank. Yeah, it, it was. I, I believe it was the second or third um, fastest push on yeah. Dorado in the history of the Overwatch League. And and it was a player, it was two of the players, two out of five of the players' first match, match. In, in the Overwatch League. And they're, you know, setting records. So I think even though they lost the match, I think that's one of those things that comes with experience, comes as, you know, you kind of mm. get rid of those big stage nerves and stuff. Like, I, I think going forward this is really good things for houston and and i think you know i'm i'm not worried no at all about and them. we saw them turn around the gladiators match they decided to play dante the whole time which honestly if i'm this stage dante should just permanently be playing i i i, I imagine they put doge in because they they thought that the new york match was going to be a little easier give him some playing experience so i mean i respect that decision yeah. but i think dante dante's just a freak and looked really good on the Junker Queen against the Gladiators. Like, he definitely diffed Reiner in the Junker Queen head-to-head. -head. Yeah. And I think that... And Lep, Lep looked really good on the... Um, oh, the Outlaws won with May on Village. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey. I think Lep, Lep looked really good on the Lucio. He was fragging out yeah. throughout the match. 
And yeah, I, like you said, I'm not worried about the allies either. They look really comfortable in this meta. And when Pelican doesn't have to just play Tracer and is able to play Genji and Merit is able to play Sojourn, I, those are like their two, that's like the two, that's the, the dream DPS lineup for, for them is able to play yeah. that. And Dante was playing really well on the Junker Queen. So I think Outlaws moving forward, I definitely have more, way more confidence about the Outlaws than the Spitfire because I have question marks about the Spitfire and their like DPS matchups specifically. And then whereas the Outlaws, they just kind of got unlucky and got in their own heads. But I think. Yeah. The win over the Gladiators oh, it, gives them a huge confidence moving forward. It almost happened twice, which is the the really terrible thing. If, if they had gotten reverse swept by the Gladiators, it would have felt they, so bad. Look, if we're being honest, they really should have. They really yeah. should have been reverse swept. Gladiators beefed that last fight so badly. But yeah. I mean, we were watching it together, and it was it was it was such a good match. Like this is definitely up there and one of the best matches this season. It was oh, yeah. such a good one. Both teams were just trading throws. <laughs> well, especially because like the other like if you look at the matches, the two matches before and the two matches after, they were three O's. Yeah, they weren't great. And so it was it was so nice to have like a banger, just a really good match in the middle and what's of that. funny is if you ignore gladiators league points outlaws and glads are tied in regular season record 10 and 4 but Dang. gladiators have 17 league points that's you know those eight points from the two tournaments really carrying the gladiators right now yeah they're uh they're guaranteed playoffs <laughs> uh i believe that if they Dang. lost all of their remaining matches this season they would at least be guaranteed play-ins yeah that's uh so crazy. Uh, the gladiators are fine uh, the final team I want to talk about, though, is the Dallas Fuel. They look look like they might be they might be back. They might be back a little. Yeah, bit. and remember when I was like, yeah, I think the Fuel have a chance of of popping up this next this next tournament, and you were like, no, they aren't going to. I I didn't I didn't know that they <laughs> would because I had questions about their DPS but yeah. Edison looks good on the the Sojourn and it was he interesting really that for the Glads match they decided to play Doha the whole time but then when yeah. New York, when they played New York Sparkle came back in I don't really know why but I mean but they both looked they both solid. looked really like, good the fact that they have that and they can bring either one in like yeah it's, and like allowing and I think if anything the first you know couple weeks of tournament cycle you're still trying to figure out okay what players do we want to play what how how are we going to make this meta work for us and mm -hmm. so i think experimenting giving both players a chance to kind of show off what they can do is good on a team level yeah you know? both both had a really good performance and allowing chiho to play lucio chiho to play lucio again is great and hanbin is hanbin He's... is insane crazy uh, he's he's going he's channeling back the kickoff clash zarya stuff his junker queen was definitely the best of the weekend 100 percent. hanbin's junker yeah. queen was crazy and, and i think that's something that neither of us really no we did i i wasn't uh, sure how but it makes them, sense you it know makes because sense. if you look at uh, zarya and junker queen in a lot of ways are very similar they're they both have, aim very aim dependent they're very aim dependent they also like it's a lot of cooldown mm -hmm. management and knowing how to use your cooldowns to, to help not just you, but the rest of your team mm -hmm. positioning in a way that you can best support your team. Yeah. And then, you know, with really powerful ults that you don't want to screw up. 
and so I think you know he he has what it takes and and I think going forward I don't think there's anyone else that really is at his level in terms no, of No, Hanbin I think queen. is is clear the best jungler queen and honestly Fuel looked like the best team this weekend. Cuz even yeah. though Shock beat all over Mayhem, they did go to 5 against Justice, which doesn't look great. Yeah. Granted, Justice could maybe they're a better team than we give them credit for, but I mean Fuel just looked far and above cuz they they beat Glads and then they dunked on the, on New York for the most part. So I I don't have. I, I think New Dallas honestly looks like w at least a top three in this meta currently. Yeah. Currently, they look really good, and I think that them and Outlaws this week showed that they are probably up. Them, Dallas, Houston, and Shock look like the most comfortable in this meta currently because Glads are still going through some growing pains. Atlanta looks lost in the sauce, and London has question marks in terms of how well they can match up against better teams. So the interesting thing is. Okay, it's really early, but this tournament cycle, like, Dallas could actually win it. What's the, what's the remaining like this, schedule? Sorry, you cut out for a second. What, what is their, their remaining schedule? What do we got? I don't know. Let's look. Because I believe that they play... Actually, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. They could win okay. it. Okay. Upcoming matches, Toronto Defiant, easy. Win. Boston, win. should be a win. Florida, win. should be a win. The Shock. Okay, now see, that and one And that's is... the last one they so have. So I think that Shock game is going to determine whether Shock or Fuel go undefeated this stage. Because, yeah. And they will probably... Be, I mean, that is, the, the, that is three weeks away, so the meta the is not going to shift, but Team Power could change a little bit. Because unlike Kickoff Clash, where there were several different metas that could be played, this one is just going to be this one. And yeah. so I don't imagine... that it, It's really just going to be a, a direct matchup in terms of power level moving forward. And I think whoever wins that matchup will probably be the favorites to win the Summer Showdown. Unless yeah. Gladiators just level Although, up. Yeah, and that's the thing with Gladiators. It's like they've won the last two. They've won the last two. So you can't count them out. Yeah. It, even if they didn't look great, you know... Only the gladiators could go zero and two this first week, and us still be like, they could yeah, still they, probably they win. We'll probably win. <laughs> yeah, it's a man. So matches this week were fun. We now have seven teams tied at one and one, all within three map differential of each other, and the standings are exactly as we thought. Washington Justice and the Vancouver Titans sitting on top, of course, oh, yeah. as as we thought, Easy. as expected. Um, yep. But let's do some actual rankings. I forgot to change the title. It's not pre-Summer Showdown. It, forget the pre. It's just Summer Showdown. Uh, give me... Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. I can fix this. Oh, I'm doing live. Live editing. Hold on. Uh, Summer Showdown Week 1. Power Rank. It's so janky. Hold up. And there it is. You didn't see a thing. It's all fine. So, Power Rankings for Week 1. Now, the question is... How do we want to do these? Do we want to do them just based off of this meta? Because this is the meta that's going to be played. 100%. Yeah, so, so let, like, let's... flexibility of other metas doesn't mean jack right now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just so based go 100% just, just this meta. week. So, Glads are not number one. <laughs> no. So, 
So the question is, do we put fuel number one because they look the best? I, they look the best, but they did uh, see they they played New York, and they played a struggling Glads. Yeah. So I think that comes down to how much credit do we give New York? Like Dallas are, are at least two. It's really like, do we put them yeah, above so shock or below shock? shock? It's shock yeah. fuel. And shock beat down on the mayhem. They r- rolled they the mayhem. Five on justice. And then they went to five on justice, but it's like, how good is justice? And unfortunately, well, obviously not good because they're all getting dropped. <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't know how good the justice are going to be because this roster probably won't exist after this week. Yeah, and so we'll never be able and to. So know we never know. I will say possible. that. Hanbin looked way better than Kaluj did. Yeah. And I think Chio Fielder probably has the advantage over Violet Finn because Chio's actually a Lucio player and Violet is not. But I do think But that I think the rest proper kilo, proper kilo I think beats the Dallas Fuel DPS line. Yeah, and, and I I think they beat the Dallas Fuel line more than the rest of Dallas. Yeah, so I think just for the sake, so, it is the shock. I think shock I think can be shock one. Go, I think yeah. shock one, fuel two. Let me remove this tier break. And then I think I, I don't think you can make any other argument than than outlaws three. Yeah, I think you do outlaws three, and then glads four. Glads four, and then I think you do you put who do you put five? Do you put New York? Do you put Toronto? I think you'd put Toronto at five. But yeah, then again, they went to five. Toronto. But they went to five against Titans. So yeah. I think it, it it really is. Do we think that it should be New York or do we think it should be London? Like if New- I don't think we've seen enough of London. I feel like we have we have a good idea of what New York is is capable of. I don't think we have that for the spitfire yeah because spitfire played a lower team and then a similar team and got rolled by the similar team and stomped the lower team so i think you put actually i think you put florida five actually now that i'm thinking about it florida and then florida and then new york and then i think you do defiant spitfire rain in that order in that order Man, poor Rain. They're getting pushed down. I, they um, look tragic this week. Yeah, and I think that could change. I hope it but... changes, and it'll it'll gra- th- these power rankings will probably drastically change next week because these this are is just based off these of are react these are react yeah. power rankings. Uh, and then I would do Rain. Oh, but I feel like we have to put oh, Boston. Boston. I feel like we up? have to put Boston above Rain, don't we? I mean, they rolled Rain. Yeah. But then they got slapped around by Spitfire, though. You think there's a tear break between Spitfire and Rain? Or Spitfire and Uprising? I, uh, because if... Yeah. We, yeah, but it's like, if Rain played Spitfire, I feel like there might be a, there's a, there might be a Genji diff there. Yeah, I don't... I think London goes under the... I, I think between defiant and spitfire is where the tear break is because you have teams that can play the comp somewhat at a proficient level well and then, then you have teams that we don't know well, and have if, if, if we about. think there's a tear break between defiant where does that place titans where, where do we think that i mean where where do we think this titans team is because they went I mean, to, I think they went to five against toronto and then just dumpster rolled paris 
Yeah, so I think they go above Paris, that's for sure. Well, they're already above Paris. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't I don't know that we can move them any higher. Uh, do we think this current Titans team could beat current could beat Boston? Like Aspire, I think would is Aspire is better than Victoria, and I think Punk Mirror would trade a little evenly. I think it would come down to King versus Valentine, and I think King looked pretty good this week. He did look pretty good. So yeah. Do we do we want to put Titans above Uprising? Well, no, let's go crazy. And, but okay, but then where does where does Rain go? Rain did lose to Uprising, but if Rain played Spitfire, they could win. It's weird. I think Rain up. I think Spitfire, Rain, Uprising, Titans are kind of like all in this weird. Even though Titans didn't play these three teams, I think Titans could compete with them. So I think, yeah. I think Titans are like maybe below Boston, but I think could compete with them. Um, now, what do, we, what do we want to do about Justice? <laughs> because this roster probably is not going to exist in a couple of days. Well, and that's the thing. So they go like five tier breaks under Everybody um, else Paris be because, they because just, we don't, they're an enigma. They don't exist. They don't exist. If we, if we were rating this Justice team, though, I would say they'd go above Mayhem at the very least, if not above Glads, because they took Shock to five. Yeah. But we yeah. can't rate them. Um, yeah. And then I... I Paris Eternal this week looked terrible, but I think their new roster coming in, they could compete with Titans, Uprising, Rain, Spitfire. Yeah. I think they could. And I think they're down with Justice, where it's like they don't exist. So Because they haven't played? Yeah. Okay. So, so this no is the, the Enigma tier. Knowing. The Enigma tier of we don't know what these teams look like. Got it. Um, okay. Do we want to pre-pred APAC? Does anything change from what we've... Uh, charge goes above valiant yeah and i think e no i don't think you remove the tier break uh i think the the argue i think the discussion comes down to do we think spark is going to be better than dynasty because i think that the spark dps line is the best potentially in the world and they get to literally play their best heroes permanently you get yeah, but permanent. I mean, you get permanent shy Ash Sojourn, and you get permanent Alfie Genji. But the the I feel like the, there are two sides of of this comp. There, well, I mean, there are three sides. There's a tank, DPS, tank, DPS and, DPS and support. support. <laughs> no, what it comes down to though, it, it's like like most of these team fights. So there are two ways a team fight will. will really get going mm -hmm. either they'll get a pick on one of the supports usually is the one that gets picked or the map like the the fight will go on long enough that finally the junker queen dies but usually it's like one of the supports gets picked off and so the question is is super rich irony versus yeah, creative ours, yeah and so so Will Super Rich and Irony get picked off less than... Yeah, but then you have to think about who's doing the picking. Dying. Who do you think is going to pick more? Shy or Stalker slash Fitz? But it's like... It, but it's not a straight up those guys against those guys. It's Fitz and Stalker against Super Rich Irony. And then... Shy, Shy versus and... Vindame Creative. Honest, I, I mean... 
Shy is the best Sojourn in the world, though. Like, he is... It, after this midseason, he is definitely the best hit scan in the world that we have seen so far. And I would definitely put more money on Shy getting a first pick versus Lip or, I mean, uh, Fitz or Stalker getting a first pick. And I definitely would put more money on Alpha Yee's Genji than Profits. Because Profits' best hero is Tracer. And unfortunately, Tracer is not playable right now in this meta. Yeah. And also, I don't know that Smurf's going to be the best Junker Queen. Like, I think I, he'll be I, able I, to pull it off, I personally but I don't think it's think be that, I think that the best tanks on these heroes are going to be either Hyperflex, are going to be off tanks primarily, because the off tanks have, have historically just been more aim, you know, related. Yeah. And Smurf is a main tank player. Not that I, I think his aim is bad, yeah. but Bernard is an off tank player. So theoretically his aim should at least be should be slightly better if he's been playing zarya and diva so yeah uh, I, I could see spark i think maybe I, we i think maybe we leave it and we give it a week because i yeah. do think that the, the way that the teams are ranked currently will be how things play out because these top five teams are going to take swings at each other and like because of how the meta is going, hunters are still getting away with their roster. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they keep being okay with the roster they have. And honestly, if hunters don't make the summer showdown, I'll be a little surprised. Yeah. This is like the perfect meta for them. Jinmu can just permanently play Genji. <laughs> Gotta love that team. Oh, man. Which, All right. Side note. So I like never play DPS, right? Okay. But randomly, I've just been playing some casual DPS games, mm -hmm. you know, using up all of those uh, <laughs> the those priority passes, <laughs> priority packs, passes. Yeah, which I had never used. You know, I'd never dropped below forty on those, and I, okay. I used like all of them off, up. Uh, but the last couple days, I've been playing Genji, and oh my gosh, what a fun character! <laughs> like I had never touched Genji. I had like a total of like less than an hour of Genji. My goodness, and. I started playing some no Genji. No way. <laughs> and he is so fun. I was playing him, and I was like, why does any no DPS way. player play anything <laughs> else? I love that guy. It was so fun. Oh, well, then you're probably loving this meta. Permanent 99%. Well, not 99% Genji yeah. pick rate, but like, you know, 80, 90% Genji pick rate. Okay. Now, it's time for some predictions, which I also forgot Ooh. to change. The, why am I just dumb? Why do I forget to change some things? Hold up. It's not week 15. Week 16. That was easy. It was easy to change. Um, I feel like there are a lot of traps this week. Uh, you're only saying that because of how this week went. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is we are, now, we, are, we are 68 matches into the season. We are halfway in a week. And somehow we have managed to stay tied at a 66% pick rate. Every time one of us pulls ahead, the other one just comes back. <laughs> like Thank this week, you only got one more pred than I did. And then like during, I think during kickoff clash, you had two or three more than I did. And I clawed back thanks to some outlaws. It was, I don't know. So oh, this craziness. week, this week, there is a chance for one of us to pull ahead. And luckily... I think NA is pretty predictable this week overall. Like there aren't any matches. I mean, there aren't too terribly. Lo we said yeah. that about last week, but even but this week it's like based off last week's performances, there aren't any that 
really could be upset. There are just some, maybe some close ones, but even those. But we have a certain we have a certain Asian region that loves just not knowing what it wants to do with its power dynamics starting this week. <laughs> Welcome back to the fray, APAC. Please boom our breads for us. <laughs> so, first match on the docket. Uh, it concerns the teams we were just talking about. Dynasty play the spark. How 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 pred the I think it's got to be the spark this match. I also think it's going to be the spark. And Arnas, I think it comes down to... Sh I think Shy and Alfie are just going to be better. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it will come down to that. And then I, I do think Bernard's going to be pretty good on the on the um, Junker Queen. Yeah, it's like if... Sp Assuming Apex running Junker Queen, because you is, never know what with we, It's been through the grapevine. I think Avril, Avril has said that Scrim, the Scrimbucks Exchange has Apex playing Junker Queen. And if Apex okay. playing Junker Queen, we're all doomed. <laughs> if the Chengdu Hunters are playing the meta, whoa, it's all over. <laughs> oh, that's true. If the, Although if the, this meta is so wacky, it kind of fits them. If the Chengdu Hunters are playing what everyone else is playing, you know this is a 99% pick rate meta. <laughs> it, I think if if Dynasty win this, it's going to be because, like you said, it's going to be because Super Rich and Irony are getting picked. I think that's yeah. really going to be what it comes down to. But I think Shy and Alfie are going to do more of the picking. So, okay, we agree on that one. How about this next one? This next one, I feel like before last week was an interesting match, but I feel like now this could be a roll. Uh, this, uh, for everyone unaware, this match has the tie. This match, had the stakes for this match are a tie, are a potential tie for the most regular season wins in a row. Shock versus Gladiators. If Shock win this, they tie the Vancouver Titans from 2019 of most regular seasons wins in a row. And I don't see how Gladiators win this. Shock will take it. You? I hate this. Because it's like... It's like, do I, you think the Gladiators will, have, will perform better or not? Yeah, and I think the Shock have the better team for this meta. That being said, it's the Glads. You know, you can't count them out. I mean, like, last time I, they played think, in a regular season, Shock won anyways. Yeah, and, and that's true, but, like, the Glads are so freaking good. But I'm still going to go Shock. I, I think just with the meta being what it is and with the Glads' performance this week, you can't You can't say anything otherwise, yeah. Yeah. So if Shock win this, they will tie Vancouver Titans 2019. I think it's 19 wins in a row. I could be wrong. It's still funny that three seasons later, the Shockers still chasing their rivals from 2019. <laughs> Even yeah. though that same team has one win. <laughs> I, I hope Shock get that. I mean, honestly, we, if Shock win this match, I don't know what team could take them down except Dallas. Uh, if, if, here's what I'm going to... If Dallas don't beat Shock in the final week of the Summer Showdown, I'm going to say it. Shock are going to go undefeated this season. The rest of the season, because I or mean, like the whole season and regular, no, season. yeah, regular yeah. season. Because I mean, if Dallas are the if if Glads don't beat if if Shock win this match and then Dallas lose and and if Shock are able to beat Glads and Dallas this season, I don't see how any team in the Countdown Cup is going to be able to beat Shock. Because at yeah, that, I mean, we'd have to see the meta, but I feel like at that point, Shock will be playing for the perfect season. Whereas other teams would be yeah, like, oh, we've true. locked in our playoff spot. We can take it off a little bit. Shock will see like, okay, 
We have six matches left. Let's go for the first ever undefeated season in the Overwatch League. And I feel like they'd be motivated to do that. Yeah. So I'm honestly, I'm kind of pushing for that. I would love, I would love to see Shock win every single, win 24 matches. That'd be awesome. Would be. All right. Now we return back to APAC. Dragons versus Spark. I feel like if we pred Spark for Dynasty, I don't feel like there's any reason for any Spark against Dragons. I... That being said, Dallas looking good this meta does look okay for Dragons and potentially looking good because I feel like Dragons and Fuel had the same kind of issues of, like, shot calling. I would imagine Void will be the one playing the Junker Queen. Uh, I also assume Who Are You will be permanently in the lineup playing Genji over yeah. Fleta. And Lip is no slouch, and I mean, Lee Gon gets to play Lucio again, so... There's That's that, fun. but honestly, but I, I, I I just don't think. But they shy and Alpha E, <laughs> but yeah. shy Alpha E. So we both we both take Spark. Right, and then the final APAC match: Hunters versus Fusion. This could be a fun one, but I think Fusion take it. I'm going with the Hunters. All right, here's our split decision. I understand why you take the Hunters because this is like literally their meta. But yeah. I think and MN3 and Zest may... MN3 may just go crazy. Yeah, and that's the thing about the Fusion. The the Fusion are the most infuriating team because it's <laughs> like when they're popping off, they are popping off like no one. You know, like yeah. they they have some of the highest highs, but they aren't consistent with it. And sometimes they can just lose and to the Valiant. <laughs> that being said, the Chengdu also... Like Chengdu Hunters, they aren't known for their consistency. But it's like... I feel like Junker Queen meta, it's kind of weird. Anyone can take wins off what of What worries else. me and about I the think... Junker Queen meta is I imagine Fury is going to play the Junker Queen, but for the Hunters, who are you putting on Junker Queen? Are you putting uh, Gaga on it? I don't know how confident I would be in Gaga on the Junker Queen. And then their other... Who the heck? Why Die. Dizy. I... Is it Dizy? No, just Die. Oh, uh, just Die. I don't know who they're going to be putting on the Junker Queen. Like, I'm not worried about their DPS line. I'm sure that they're back. Like, Faraway and Munker are a great backline. Oh, that's weird. I mean, um, they're back. It is Dicey, but he's listed as, as die, die on. Yeah, and like their backline, I'm not worried about their backline. It's like, I don't know how, I don't know who's going to play Junker Queen for them. Yeah. I, I think Fusion, Bellis Rhea could play it technically, but I think it'll probably be Fury playing the Junker Queen. And I think Zest M and three are. This is our split, though. This is a good. This is a good one. And I think Hunters, if anything, like if any team's gonna find some weird crap that can somehow like, like I feel like if anyone's gonna make something weird, like Jinmu's gonna come out on Pharah or something. Yeah. So, which actually could potentially work in, in the right situation. Yeah, but know? I feel like, like you don't want to be pulling out Pharah when M N three is on the other side. Yeah. On Ash. Um, but i i mean jinmu's made weirder things work so it's like with the hunters <laughs> it's like just because like i feel like it's a new meta people are still figuring it out if the hunters are able to like figure out some way to counter it mm-hmm. like if any team's gonna do it it's gonna be chengdu so it's yeah. like i think either way whether they're playing meta or off meta they i, I can re- i can respect i can respect the hunters pick i was on the fence about yeah. it and i just i'm i'm looking at fusion's mid-season madness performance from MN3 and stuff, kind of as the benchmark here. But I mean, yeah. Hunters have a lot to play for. And now, 
for the marquee matchup of the week that honestly after this week's performances may not be as close as both of us would have liked spitfire are playing the outlaws again round two run it back uh the first time they played it was a 3-0 outlaws and outlaws won playing the rhine mirror fun fact <laughs> don't want to talk about it i uh, not a completely unbiased pick honestly though i don't see how spitfire win this because backbone versus pelican that's not very fair well, I think when it comes down to it, Spitfire are going to win. <laughs> no. Oh, my yeah, goodness. you might think, oh, why are they going to win? How could they possibly win this? They're the way worse team, which correct on all of those counts. But <laughs> remember when we were talking about Outlaws Glads last week and you were all like, oh, the, the Glads have no way of losing this. They totally beat the Outlaws. And I was like, no, I have a feeling. I have a feeling the Outlaws, well, do you know what? I willed the Outlaws to win, and now I'm willing the Outlaws to lose. And the Outlaws, they're going to lose. They're going to get their butts kicked. Spitfire for the win. Spitfire 2022 in your face. Yeah. Chatty for president. Yeah. <laughs> this, is complete, this is complete copium, though, right? <laughs> it's actual reality. Just wait for it. Wait for it. And next week, next week, we're going to come back. And Spitfire will have won, and you're going to look so stupid, and it's going to be great, and oh, I'm so man. excited. If Outlaws lose this, it'll be because they beat themselves, not because Spitfire beat them. Let's just be, let's just be honest. If, if Outlaws lose this, it'll be because they throw the match in some dumb way. Not Which be, they could. They could. They can throw They're gonna any match. They're going to get reverse match. swept. They're going to like set world records. The first two maps, they'll have like the best score, best time, just absolutely destroy the Spitfire third map they just get stomped and it's gonna be the rest of the match spitfire it's gonna be a three two but it's gonna feel like a three oh by the end because outlaws oh, are gonna man. just hate life oh man i what's funny is that this is the only game these two teams are playing this week so they literally are only preparing for each other and I'm being honest, the Outlaws are probably not taking the Spitfire as seriously as they probably should. But then again, it's the only match this week. So I don't know yeah. why they would. I would imagine they all prep into it. I think what it'll come down to is if they decide to play Doge or Dante. If they don't play Dante, then that'll show us what Outlaws think of the Spitfire. Do we know when Doge is... Uh... Getting to the U.S. Through, yeah, I, I would imagine as soon as possible. I don't. Th I yeah. don't imagine they I, have a date. I, I imagine at this point they still play Dante. No, I imagine um, as long as Junker Queen is meta, Dante should permanently be the one playing because he's the better Dunker, Junker Queen. Like even if Doge is in the U.S., Dante is just a freak and should just be playing it. I think Doge is on the roster for when tanks, actual tanks, become meta again, and Dante can't just play Junker Queen and Doomfist. And Dante versus Hottie. Hmm. Sorry, Hottie. This is not Reinhardt. Hey, hey, Hottie is known for his excellent aim. Of course, the Reinhardt pure hammer. mechanical skills. The, the, the hammer, the hammer, the, the, the hammer hit accuracy. No, I'm excited for this match just because it is our personal grand finals. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I I think probably what this will come down because Sparker's crazy. I think Sparker is is going to probably be able to keep up with Merit. Yeah. Maybe not all the way, but at least be able to hold his weight. But I Backbone versus Pelican, that's just not fair. Yeah, I think some of it will also come down to maps. 
like certain maps favor the Spitfire, but I don't think you can rely on that. I I, I mean when I Junk yeah, outlaws... especially when Junker Queen is played on every single map. Like when Junker yeah. when a comp when Junker Queen's played on Gibraltar, you know it's over. You're like, oh no. Not even the dive <laughs> map gets <laughs> gets to escape. It's terrible. So it's it's complete Junker Queen, Junker Queen, and I Spitfire, I mean, they got toasted by the mayhem. I mean, they beat they beat the Boston Uprising, but I feel like that was just a, a favorable matchup for them. And uh, I mean, if Spitfire are able to beat the Outlaws, well, then there we go. Uh, th that... Think about this. Think about this, though. Oh, I'm thinking. My prediction is just in is pure copium. Better. No, it's, it's better. Just pure copium. And listen, this is why. The reason why it's better is if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's to be expected. <laughs> it was expected. Like, being a Spitfire fan is great because if you lose, yeah, you, you aren't are expected kind of, to do well like, with your D yeah, with your D you tier win. budget. Yeah, but if you win, if if they win that this game against the Outlaws, oh, it feels good. And so it's like I'm playing for like you're playing the long, the you're playing the mind ever, games. Or, yeah, I, I, well, it's like it's a win-win for me. Like they lose, and it's like. Yeah, they were supposed to lose. It's the outlaws. Duh. But if they win, oh my gosh. The if they Spitfire win, the at that point, if they win, it's like, yeah, it's the outlaws. <laughs> it's like, it, it was either, either, either outcome. It's like, yeah, it's the outlaws. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> either, either outcome, win or loss. The, you can just look at that and be like, yeah, that was Houstonable. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think the only way you walk away from that feeling bad is if Spitfire get toasted. If they get yeah. like dumpster fired 3 0'd, you walk away from that going, oh no. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. I don't think that'll happen. I think London should be able to. I mean, they took a map off Mayhem, didn't they? No. I thought, uh... I thought it was a 3 1. Wait, let me pull it. I can't remember. Or am I, I blocked that map. Or I, I think it was a 3 0. Oh no. Let me pull it up. Oh no, you're yeah, right. It I was, was like a London one. were able to take a map, so I I think realistically London probably will take a map off Outlaws because as we've established before, Outlaws oh, don't yeah. know how to three O opponents like ever. So Spitfire will get a free map. I'm hoping it's like map two, so that we don't have to worry about a reverse sweep because as soon as we get into that territory, oh my goodness, here we go again. But I one think one interesting thing, and this is random side note, but I was just looking at the Mayhem Spitfire match. Mm -hmm. They didn't push as far as like, like you look at every other match this week, as far as I can think of, like teams were full pushing everything, you know, mm -hmm. like the, it's a very offensive benefited meta. And yet like Hollywood was an zero one. Um, Gibraltar was a two one. Like these teams just didn't push. Yeah, kind of crazy. All right. So I wonder that. if that's. A... But anyway, yeah. Play of the week. That. It's time to end on play of the week, and I picked what I thought was actually, and I I mentioned, and I went nuts when we were watching this happen live, and that is Outlaws Glad's almost final fight on Nepal when Merritt somehow pulls a team fight out of his butt. <laughs> It was the second to last. It was crazy. Like, if, if Outlaws lose this fight, it's over. Like, it was over. Glads were at 90%. Pelican lives with, like, 50 health. Uh-huh. And Merritt gets, like, four kills. And they trade evenly. And Merritt, against all odds, kills, like, a full health 
like Kevster's running after him, Reiner's running after him, everyone's running after him and Lep, and they just live. I, I don't need, let me see. I'm looking at this health bar. How much health does Merritt have? Dude, he's got no more than like 50 health. <laughs> It was crazy. I mean, there were so many crazy moments during this match when Reiner went just turbo inting off of the map off a of boop and then the Outlaws still lose the fight. Or when the Glads run in with the ult advantage and then just beef. <laughs> there were uh, lots, of, lots of funny things taking place in this, in this, this year match. Many. Yeah, it was a. But it was a good it was game. A wild one. It was a definitely a very a very good game, and honestly, it's like um, Merit is crazy. Yeah. Continues to is... be one of the best sojourns in the league, which is awesome. That feels good. That feels good. All right. Enough talk. We've been talking for long enough. First week was chaos. I'm hoping week two is not chaos. And once but again, week we're, one for APAC. Once again, we're lined up to probably still be tied in Preds next week. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! We tie. We're run tied again. Uh, enough of that, though. Hopefully, everybody enjoys another week of uh, Blade Runner comp. I like that name better than Royal Rush. Blade Runner just sounds really cool, and I hope maybe 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 the Hunters will pull something silly out. Probably not, but. We're probably cursed to see Junker Queen for the next three and a half weeks. Woohoo. Oh no. The, the end is Yay. nigh. Enjoy the matches this week. We will see you all next week.